0: Take your copy of God's word this morning, please, and turn to Luke chapter two, Luke chapter two, as we continue learning lessons for life from this chapter. And while you're finding Luke chapter two, I want you to ponder a statement. People spend a great deal of their lives either dusting off their trophies or nursing their hurts. I want you to think about that statement for a moment. People spend a great deal of their lives either dusting off their trophies or nursing their hurts. You see, those trophies get covered in dust so that they clean them up and polish them, make them shine. And while doing so, people relive the glory days when they were the starting quarterback or the champion cheerleader. Or the local chess champion or the salesman of the year or the scripture memory champion. All of the trophies are old, mind you, but they dust them just the same. The, the hurts that they nurse never heal. The pain is real, maybe even more real than when they were first injured. If, if a scab comes up, they quickly rip it off to let the blood flow again. These hurts are not usually physical. They're emotional, they're psychological, they're mental. They may include things that were done to their bodies, but the real hang-up is in their mind, in their thinking. They relive the situation, the pain, the hurt, over and over and over. People spend a great deal of their times either dusting off their trophies or nursing their hurts. In other words, what I'm saying is they live in the past. They focus on either past victories or past hurts, or maybe both. The present is held hostage to the past. No new plans are made because the past plan is still being scrutinized and analyzed. No new dreams are had because they're still living the same nightmare over and over and over. I wonder, friend, what about you? What about you today? Are you dusting trophies are you nursing hurts or are you really living your life today are you really living your life today you know the answer you know the honest answer to that question today at the beginning of a brand new year I want to encourage you to let go of the past and to really start living. To realize that your past does not have to determine your future. To realize you can let those hurts heal. To realize you can put away those old trophies to make room for new trophies. To realize what Warren Wiersley once said, disappointments are not only opportunities for maturity, but they're also opportunities for ministry. Disappointments can lead to maturity and ministry. And we see that in the life of a lady We find her in Luke chapter 2. I hope you found it by now. A lady by the name of Anna. And in all honesty, beloved, all that we know about Anna is found in this chapter of Scripture. In fact, we've learned in three verses all that we know about her. But it's jam-packed, and I hope that you'll learn much with us today. Look at Luke chapter 2, and I'll begin reading at verse 36. And there was one Anna, a prophetess the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Aser. She was of a great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about four score and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise to the Lord and spake of him to all of them that looked for redemption In Israel, Anna, learn with me for a few minutes about her past, her past. Looking at those three verses, we understand that she was a daughter. She was a wife and she was a widow. Her name means grace or gracious. And it says there in verse 36, she was the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Aser. That is, she had a mom and a dad. Uh, they were probably no longer living at this time we're reading about because she was of great age herself. She was very old herself. She was a daughter. We know likewise she was a wife. It says she was the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Aser. She was of a great age and she lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. We know she was a virgin when she got married. She probably got married in her teen years like many other girls at that time. And she lived with this husband for seven years. Like other young couples, they had dreams, they had hopes, they had goals and desires about their future together. They no doubt thought about growing old and gray and gracious together. They certainly dreamed of children, but nothing is mentioned here in this passage about them ever having any. That within itself would have been a blow to Anna and her husband. But when you add what we read next to that, we see she certainly knew grief. It says she had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow of about fourscore and four years. She lost her husband at a very, very young age. Now, there's some disagreement, beloved, and how best to interpret that verse. Some see it as it says here that she was a widow and she was a widow for 84 years. And others say no. Uh, She was a widow who lived to the age of 84 at this point. You see, if you take the translation here, the idea is when you take 84 years of her being a widow, you take her seven years of marriage, you take her time before that. She would have been over 100 years old. And others say, no, she lived to 84 years. Whichever way it was, we know whether she was 84 or 104, she had lived a long time without her, her, her husband. The sorrow that she endured as a young woman early in life, losing her husband. Obviously, we don't see any children. It probably seemed like she had no future at all when you look at her past. The future looked very dim for this lady, don't you agree? One writer said widows didn't have an easy time in that day. Often they were neglected and exploited in spite of the commandment of the law. Things looked very dim. It's not forcing to say when you look at her past, she had lived a hard life, but she had a choice to make. She could spend her days lamenting her past, nursing her hurts, living in bitterness, regret and complaint. But we understand, beloved, she didn't. She didn't do that, as we'll see in a moment. Now, before you turn me out, turn me off. Listen carefully. Hear what I'm saying. I want to clarify something. I am not suggesting That one should not mourn the loss of a loved one. I am not suggesting that grief, sorrow and sadness is wrong. We need to deal with those emotions. We need to deal with those losses. And oftentimes it takes time, much time to deal with them. We don't know how long it took for Anna to get over the loss of her husband. We don't know how long it took for her to get over the loss of not having children, but ever how long it took, we know one thing, she did deal with those things in her life. Listen, I don't know what's in your past. But God does. And I want to encourage you, friend. I want to challenge you, bring those hurts to the Lord. He cares. He cares. Go back, if you don't believe that, and read in John chapter 11. The Lord Jesus is there. And it says at the death of Lazarus, the shortest verse in all the Bible, John eleven 35, two words, Jesus wept. He understands the sorrow. He understands the pain. He understands the grief. He understands. And he desires to comfort you. He desires to meet your need. Now, for some, it may not be the death of a loved one. To some this morning, it may be the death of a dream, the death of a goal, the death of a plan, the death of a relationship. And you look back in your past and you have that hurt. I want to say to your friend, bring that hurt to Jesus. Bring that hurt to Jesus. Others here may have been wronged, abused. Exploited, neglected. Friend, I say to you today, bring those hurts to Jesus. Don't let the past determine your future. Anna had suffered and she suffered a great loss, but she did not sit around polishing her wedding band, lamenting her loss. She realized, listen, disappointments are opportunities for maturity and for ministry. And I believe both took place in her life because we go from her past now to her present. We find here in her present, as we're reading here in Luke chapter two, she gave her life for something bigger than herself. In other words, she gave her life to someone bigger than her life. She gave her life to God. She went from sorrow to service. She became a faithful servant of God. And you say, preacher, where do you see that? Well, let's look in the passage together, OK? Notice, first of all, she prophesied for God. Look at the very beginning of verse 36. And there was one Anna, a prophetess. She prophesied for God. That's interesting. Indeed. Now, what exactly does it mean that Anna was a prophetess? John MacArthur said that Luke was not suggesting that Anna predicted the future. She was not a fortune teller. The word prophetess, listen, simply designated a woman who spoke the word of God. Anna may have been a teacher of the Old Testament to other women. She may have simply had a private ministry there in the temple offering words of encouragement and instruction from the Hebrew scriptures to others who came to worship. Whereas we said Anna was a prophetess. It means she had a special gift for declaring and interpreting God's message. She shared the word of God. She ministered the word of God. She prophesied for God. And she no doubt was very familiar with the message of the coming Messiah. No doubt she shared it with others and she longed for and looked for the Messiah herself. She prophesied for God. But notice, secondly, she prayed to God. Look at verse 37. She was a widow of about fourscore and four years. Which, look at the next part. Which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. She prayed to God. Her life was lived at the temple. It says there, she departed not from the temple. Now, some take that as the idea. She's always at church, you know. Whenever you go to church, you'll see Anna there. Whenever you come for a service, you'll see her there. But others take that literally. That she literally lived at the temple. She lived there, giving her life. Now, what was she doing? She was praying. She was serving God with fastings and prayers night and day. Anna was a prayer warrior. She not only prayed, it says she fasted and prayed. In other words, she was so passionate about prayer, she would give up meals in order to be able to spend time, and she would spend eating In prayer, she was faithful at that. It says she did that night and day. Now, remember, here's a lady. She's either eighty four or a hundred plus, but her work was not done. Retirement years for her did not mean leisure and fluff. It meant more time to serve her Lord. Now, here's a woman who probably was not well known outside of the temple itself and in that region, a woman who probably had nothing Nothing by the way the world measures things. Yet in reality, beloved, she had everything. She had everything. Why? She had the Lord and she had a vital ministry. She had lost her husband. She had lost her plans. She had lost her dreams. She had lost all those things in the past. Yet she gained so much. I couldn't help but think about what I once read from Andrew Murray. He said, every loss is meant to be filled with his presence. Every sorrow is meant to make his fellowship more to us. Listen, beloved, God was not against Anna. He was for Anna. Listen, God is not against you. He's for you. Anna could not see in all those hurtful times what God was going to do in her life. as she's standing there by her husband's graveside. But she decided, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to move on with life. I'm going to serve Him. I'm going to move on for the Lord. And God honored her in a wonderful way. You know why? This aged saint, she would see the Messiah with her own Verse 38 says, and she coming in that instant. What in the world is that all about? What backs up to when Simeon was there? And Simeon's holding the Messiah in his hands. We studied that earlier in in this series of messages. He's holding there, blessing God, blessing Mary and Joseph, saying, Lord, I can go home now. I've seen the Messiah. And she coming in that instant gave thanks, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord. She cries out with thanksgiving. Her present. She prophesied for God. She prayed to God. Notice likewise, she pointed others to God. She pointed others to God. Look at verse 38. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise to the Lord. Look at the next part. And spake of Him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. She was looking for the Messiah. And when she saw Him, she pointed other people to To him. Lockyer said she became a missionary. And she did. She did. It says there she spake of him. She told others about Jesus. She told others about Emmanuel. God with us. The Messiah. Now listen. What if she had spent her whole life polishing her wedding band. And lamenting her hurts. What she would have missed in life. She dealt with those emotions. She dealt with her past. Gave it to the Lord. And moved on. Now, what about you, friend? Alexander White said the victorious Christian life is a series of new beginnings. The victorious Christian life is a series of new beginnings. You're sitting there thinking, well, preach, what about my past? What about my hurts and my hang ups? I've got past victories and I've got past defeats and I've got all this stuff in my past. I've got some good words for you from the Bible. Philippians three, thirteen and 14. Listen, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Don't let your past determine your future. Deal with your past. Bring it to him today, but then go out and live life, live it fully, live it joyfully. Let him live the abundant life in and through you, her past, her present. But we can't stop. There's one more, isn't there? Her future. Now, when we're reading here in Luke chapter 2, we know that Anna, is it says, she was of great age. She's very old. She's probably over 100 years old, depending upon how you translate this. Her earthly days were numbered. But then what? What came after her temple service? What came after the prayers and fastings? What came after the prophesying? What came after all these things in her life? Well, because she believed on Christ... She would spend eternity in heaven. You see, she saw the Savior, the Messiah, with the eyes of faith, first of all. And that was enough. Seeing him with the eyes of faith, settled for all eternity, her destination, heaven. Now, God honored her with allowing her to even see the Savior with her physical eyes. That was not needed to obtain eternal life. That was not needed. How gracious God was to give that to her. But, friend, it was all about the eyes of faith. It was putting faith in Christ, believing the Lord. And you know what? Anna is in heaven today. She's with the Lord. Those of us who know him as our own savior, we'll see her one day. We can talk with her. What a glorious thing that will be. She's in heaven. Have you settled in your own life what comes after This life. All of us are facing death. Unless the rapture happens first, every one of us in this room will face death. Our turn will come. Are you ready? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? He came. He died in your place. He was buried. He arose again victorious. And he will save you, friend, if you'll call out to him. He'll forgive you of your sin. He'll wash you clean. He'll give you a home in heaven. He'll give you eternal life. He'll make you an heir and join heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you take him by faith, repenting of your sin, placing your faith totally and completely in him? Will you do that today? You know, if I had to summarize Anna's life in a very succinct way, I'd probably say it this way. Her past was hard. Her present was holy. Her future was heaven. What a glorious thing. Now the question today, beloved, is this. Will you give the Lord your past, your present, and your future? Will you give him your life? The old missionary Hudson Taylor once said, God uses men who are weak and feeble enough to lean on him. Are you weak and feeble enough to lean on him? Will you say, Lord, here's my past. Here's my past victories. Here's my trophies. Lord, here's my past hurts, hang-ups, difficulties. I bring them all to you. My distresses, my discouragements, my heartaches. Lord, I bring my past to you and I give you my past. And then say, Lord, here's my present. You know the hopes. You know the dreams. You know the plans. You know the aspirations. But Lord, I bring it to you. And I say, Lord, I surrender all. I give you my present. And then will you give him your future? First of all, making sure you're giving him eternity. In other words, you trusted Christ. And you know Beyond any shadow of doubt, that if your eyes were to close in death here today, they'd open in heaven right away. To be absent in the bodies to be present with the Lord. But also, not only that eternal destiny and eternal future, but will you give him the next hour? Will you give him the next day? Will you give him the next week? Will you give him the month? Will you give him this year? And say, Lord, look, I'm here. I'm yours. I surrender my life. Work in my life this year. I want to be a willing vessel. Recognize that disappointments are not the end. Disappointments can lead to maturity and ministry. God can use those hurts, those harms to grow us, to mature us, and then give us a ministry to other people. I imagine, beloved, that Anna was a very compassionate lady. I don't know, but I imagine she was. I imagine she's the type of lady that could put her arm around a loved one. Or or someone who came and just lost a loved one and say, listen, I know how you feel. I've been through it myself and pray with them. You see, God has brought you through some things and he wants to use you to minister to other people. He's working in your life. Don't let your past determine your future. Don't live in the past. Put away the trophies. Quick picking at the scabs, deal with it, and say, Lord, I'm going to live my life today and tomorrow and for the rest of my days. I'm going to live it for you. Help me, Lord Jesus. I want to leave a verse with you as we close today. Jeremiah 29:11. Jeremiah 29:11 says this: For I know the thoughts I think toward you, saith the Lord. Faults of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Listen, friend. God is not against you. God is for you. God loves you. God sent his son to die in your place. God's seeking to grow you. He understands. He knows. He cares. Will you give him your past? Will you give him your present? Will you give him your future? Would you bow in prayer with me today? Father. I pray, Lord, in this invitation that you would deal in hearts and lives. Lord, I don't know all the hurts that are here. I don't know all the hang-ups that are here. But, Lord, I pray folks would come today and deal with their past and give their past to you. I pray others would come today and likewise give their present and their future. I pray if anybody here does not know for certain that their home is heaven. Lord, I pray today as we close this service. They'll come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, work in this invitation. Get glory to yourself, I pray, in the Savior's name. Amen.